Welcome back to our weekly question and answer series. Um, we'll get to some of our questions which we got this week. Number one, I used to make the Brocha Boyer Moira Weish by Avdollah before I went to seminary. When I came to seminary, it told me that our minigis not to make this Brocha. Is it so? And what is the Minik Chabad? The answer is like this. The Mugnavruam writes that uh, according to the... There's a big machloikas if women are machiev with Havdola or not. The Mugnavruam writes that even if Noshim are not machiev to make Havdola, they are permitted to make a bracha on Besumem and on the Kois. And he doesn't mention at all what is about Berchat Moir Moir if they make the bracha or not. The Mishtabrira writes that the reason why they could make the bracha on a kois and and besomim uh, is because it's Berchat Hanam. But regarding Berchat uh, Haner, he writes that this is and he finishes up that they are not machiev to make the bracha. That means like this: the other bruchas is a berchasahem. There's no problem they should make the berchasaner. It is a berchasahem which women are potter. They don't they don't need to make the bracha. So it comes out like that that if they want to make a bracha, they could make the bracha. They're not machiev. But since we, Ashkenazim, we make a bracha on Berches, which is Asmangaruma, so therefore they could make the bracha, but they're not Machiev. In the Maise, the meaning of most women are today, they do, they do make the bracha on Berches Haner. The Tzoysa Shulchan has a whole Shmiz in his. Um, and his uh, conclusion is like this. You could do whatever you want. You are permitted to make the bracha. You don't have to, but you could make the bracha. And um, he sets right in the, in, over there, down afterwards in the, in the footnote, that, but I, don't, I never saw that women should basically uh, look at their nails when it comes to make berksaner. So the conclusion from the Ketoy Sushechen is they could make the bracha and the Vyagin Moshe writes that the meaning of most notion today's day is to make the bracha but he adds the, the Ketoy Sushechen that looking on the nail this I never saw that women should do and he gives a reason too because since the whole thing that you look at the nail is because has to do because Motzi Shabbos, who the Mauritian created uh, the fire, he, he, he took two stones and it took fire out of that because it became dark and because it has to do with the Chet Aitzadas. So therefore, women do not look at their nails. But that's only because he didn't see people doing that. So let's sum it up. Minik Chabad, we don't see any Minik Chabad at all that you should make or you should not make. We don't see that. It is only 
that the Ketzeris HaShilchan writes that they're not machif to make it, to make the bracha, but they could make the bracha. And regarding Ner, he says a tam, a reason, only because he never saw people should doing it. Lamaisa, most of the people today's day do make a bracha al Ner, and they look at their name. So if you had the minik to do that before you went to seminary, there's no reason you should stop that minik, and there's no reason that in the seminary they should teach that minik chabad is not to do that, since I look, looked high and low, and I didn't find any hint of that, that Minik Chabad is not to say Berchas Mo'er Mo'er Aish and not to look at the nail. Question. You spoke a couple of weeks ago regarding coloring, dyeing red salmon fish. If the throat is dyed red with an unkosher dye, is it still kosher? The answer is yes, it's still kosher because we have aloha that a cow which was basically fed only non-kosher food or only chomots in Pesach, then we have a problem of that means an animal which was fed only non-kosher food, so basically he was living only on non-kosher food, we have some problem. But if there is serves a koyim, that means if he eats kosher and non-kosher food, then we don't have a problem. Since it's not only the non-kosher food that gives him nutrition, it's also the kosher food. So therefore, there's not a problem. Now, when it comes to this fish, salmon fish, they eat all kinds of fish, and they eat all kinds of foods. It is only, they all also give them some kind of dye, which some kind of food that makes them color red. It should be more reddish. So, even though it might be a non-kosher food, but since they eat also kosher food, we have no problem of eating salmon, which was fed non-kosher fish or dye. Anyways, all the fish what we eat, which basically eats other fish, which might not be kosher, and it's still kosher, because is that means whenever a thing gets nutrition or gets fed by two kinds of food, a kosher and non-kosher, it is still kosher to consume. Question, is there a problem to listen to a phone call without knowledge of one of the par party parties speaking? Yes, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago regarding reading a letter of somebody else. And there's a chayrim drabayna gershon that you're not permitted to read somebody else's letter if you don't have permission. And we gave over there a couple of reasons. One reason was because that you shouldn't go um, listening in from one person to the other person if they don't know. Um, one reason which the Roshoyim say is because that means there's a law that if somebody borrows something from somebody else without his knowledge, he's a gazlan. So not borrowing knowledge or looking to hear other person's information, it's also a gazlan. And that's also also by a non-Jew. There's a mitzvah of a haftarach. Nobody wants that somebody else should listen in to your private phone conversations. Or because of hezek. So because of all of the reasons, there's the iser, there's, it's not permitted to read somebody else's letters. And the same iser will also go 
to listen to somebody else's um, phone conversation or anything which is personal, somebody else reading somebody else's diary, etc. So again, there's no heter to listen in to somebody else's conversation on the phone, even if it's one of your family members. And it might be the same will go also to a parent listening in on a grown-up child's phone conversation with somebody else. It's not permitted to listen. There is sometimes when you feel it's let the then you have you have to look in the halacha when you are permitted. And I don't want to go into it now. There's a lot of uh, details in it. Overall, it's also to listen to a conversation which somebody else holds and you didn't have any permission to add. Question. I gave a ride to a person in my car. I have no idea who he is. He left an umbrella in my car. What are my obligations? The law is, if somebody loses something and has no simon, and the person gives up on it, that means since he doesn't have a simon, he feels he's not going to get it back anymore. So automatically he's mayayish himself, he gives up on that thing. So after he was mayayish on it, you could take it then and it belongs to you. If it has a simon, you have to make an announcement and keep it till you give it back for that person. But if it doesn't have a simon, first he has to give up, then you could take it. Whenever somebody puts something in a way that it's not, so to speak, uh, if he, um, um, he'll, he'll lose it there. That means somebody comes in a shul and he leaves an umbrella there and goes a while and he forgets about it. So over there, that means it comes into your possession before you have Yish. That means first it came into your possession and then it came the Yish. So that's not an easy thing that basically you should be able to take it. So therefore, all the shuls put a note on their door or on the on the board that anyone who comes into the shul should have in mind and knows that after 30 days, if you leave something in the shul, the shul takes it, it becomes theirs. So therefore, if you put such a note, writes Ravoznad, Mechasitzchok, that should be fine that after 30 days, the shul could take it and throw it out or give it for somebody else or keep it for themselves. But when it comes to a private person in his car, for instance, which he didn't make such an announcement. So when somebody comes into his car and he leaves it there, so it's in your car, that means it goes into your possession before that guy has yish. Because he will only realize that he forgot his umbrella or later or by the next rain. So basically, it is problematic. So it's not, you cannot keep it. So there's a whole discussion in the post camp what to do in such a case. And it come, the conclusion to that is that since it doesn't have an, a simon, because if it has a simon, then you're stuck. You have to make an announcement. But since it doesn't have a simon, it's the first of all, a person should have in mind and make a Kabbalah that his car, he doesn't want that his house or his car should be koina that chayfet. That means 
If somebody comes to my house and leaves an umbrella, he comes for a sheet, he comes for a fabreng, and if he leaves his umbrella, my house should not be coined. So then, after that guy gives up, it's yish, then I will be able to take it, I will be able to coin it. So now it's shin rishis after yish. But if somebody did not do that, so basically he has now an umbrella which somebody else might gave up, but he, it came in his, in his, 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 into his possession before it was yish. So if it's before his yish, he's not koine and then he's stuck with it. So the Achlotus Apoiskim is that he should keep it for 12 months. Don't do anything about it. Afterwards, he should make an assumption, evaluation, how much this umbrella costs. And then he should write down somewhere that I found that day an umbrella which costs, let's say, $5.79. And if somebody else comes and asks you that I remember I lost my umbrella in your car, you have to give back the amount, how much it is. Some can say you should give back the amount, how much it is worth today when he comes and asks for it. Other can say, no, you could write down how much it was worth then and you give it back. But that you could do only after 12, 12 months. So then, after 12 months, you, you could sell it or keep it for yourself. You write down how much it was. And if somebody is going to ask you, you're going to have to pay him back the amount of the umbrella. And if he doesn't ask you, so he doesn't ask you. But if you have a mind that I don't want to be coined, my car shouldn't be coined, or my house shouldn't be coined, till after that guy gives up, till after Yish, so then it's Yish, and afterwards it's Shinarishis, then you can take it for yourself since it doesn't have any Simonim, and you don't have to give back no money to anyone who comes asking for that umbrella. Question. I made two doughs, each consisting of five pounds of flour. Can I honor my daughter with taking challah of the second batch? Or is the second bracha a bracha she'ein The answer to this question is, you could make, take challah on one batch and give for your daughter to make a bracha and to take challah on the second batch and it's not a bracha she'ein the Alter Rebbe writes in Hilchas Paisach, Simon Tufni Zayin Sif Dalat, clearly that that's acceptable, and even the bakeries, if you make a couple of doughs, every dough could make, uh, other person could make the bracha, and the minig is to be mechabat, other people were making the bracha, and it's not considered a bracha she'ein tzricha. The same way you find also Reb Shloim Ekliger, which is brought down in Dark Echiva, Simach of Ches, we see when it comes Erevim Kippur, we make Kaporos, and then Be'etzem, the whole mitzvah of Kisi Adam belongs to the Shoichet. But if the Shoichet decides he wants to give away the bracha for somebody else, the mitzvah for somebody else, he could make a bracha and cover up the blood as required by the Torah to cover up blood of a oif. Um, of a chicken. So we see the Shoichet gives a lot of people they should make the bracha and cover Kisi Adam. Although if he makes it, he doesn't make a bracha more than once. He makes one bracha and it covers everything. Even though it's one bracha and one mitzvah, one mitzvah, he can still be machabat other people, they should make 
the mitzvah and make a bracha. And the same thing goes also, we see people buy new houses, they want to be mechabat, their family members, or uh, a rof, should uh, put on a mazizah, and everybody makes a bracha on a separate door, which he puts on. So we see that although when a person makes the mitzvah all for himself, he only make one, makes one bracha for both those, or both kisi adam, or both mezizahs, but if he is mechabat somebody else, all of them could make a bracha, and it's not a bracha shayn tzericha. Question. May the shliach tzibar answer umayin am birches kahanim yontav. Very nice question. The Mishnah writes in Mesechtes Bruches, a person which is a shliach tzibar should not answer umayin am birches kahanim mitnei hatiroif, which it means that the Shlich Tiber, if he's going to answer Umayn, he's going to get mixed up, mevulbul, and he won't be able to go back to his place where he's, he's ready, where he's, he needs to um, say, let's say, Simsholom. So he shouldn't answer Umayn on the three brachas of Berches Kahanim, you are, he shouldn't answer Umayn. And this is brought down to Shechanurach. But, the Sheikh Nurkha also writes and finishes If somebody is for sure on himself that he will has no problem to answer Umayn and go back to his davening and there won't be any mix up, he could make a bracha. Other poets will say, no, you shouldn't make a bracha. But the Alter Rebbe, the Sheikh Nurkha brings it down and he writes That means we are paskening the Iker, the main psak is like the first Shita um, that if a person knows for sure that he can answer Umayn and nothing will happen, he will get back to where he holds by the davening and he won't get mixed up in the davening, he could answer Umayn. And he adds on al Ibefrat, today's day that we are all davening from a Siddur, that basically people are looking into the Siddur so they won't get mixed up and after Berchas Kanem they will say we're able to say Sim Shulam without any problems, then you could say Omain on the Berches Kahanim. So the answer to your question is yes, the Shlich Tzibur can answer Omain on the three brachas of the, of the Kahanim when they, when they say Berches Kahanim. Now, you didn't mention the other thing, but I'll mention it. What is up if the, he can answer Omain on the Berches, the Brach which the Kahanim say, before Berches Kahanim, before the Dichanan, the, the Kahanim say a special Baruch and what is the din if he could answer also on this Baruch? And the answer is that the Mishnah Breer brings down that Yesh Machmirim Shem Hefsik, and that's the Daz of El Yarabah Derechayim, but the Terezuah holds that is no problem, it's no Hefsik. And this is how the Alter Rebbe Paskins. And see Flamad Alaf, he writes that the Umain, which to say Umain on the Bracha, which the Kahanim say on Berches Kahanim, it is not a Hefsek because it is Tsoire Chatfila. It's part of davening. They have to make the Bracha before Berches Kahanim, and that's part of, of um, Chazurus Hashatz. So, therefore, even the Bracha, which the Kahanim say before Berches Kahanim, you could answer Umayn and there's no problem.
Okay, we'll stop here and join us next week for the next week's question and answer. And please send in your questions to inbox at anash.com. Good night and have a wonderful week.